It's still March and the madness continues. Whether you're talking about college basketball or the NFL or maybe even Major League Baseball, it's all been freaking crazy. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Turbo Tommy and Canadian Big Ed. And we're having a wonderful Thursday evening here because the madness is upon us. But it depends on what you're talking about when we go over madness. It could be March Madness. It could be Biggie sneezing into the mic. There he goes. I can see it on his face a mile away. It could also be the madness of the NFL because holy shit, it's been nuts. And we're going to get into all that. I, we wanted to start with NFL, but it's going to take too much time, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yep. I mean, I could sit and talk to a couple moves that were made here in the last two days for a half hour by themselves. <laughs> so so the, uh, the, the last time we did the podcast, we were talking to our, our buddy from Cleveland, and Mr. Brown was in the background with U-Turbo screaming about Devontae Adams. He got all excited and uh, ruined our uh, interview. No, not really. It was fine. Uh, but speaking of interviews, we got a great guest on an episode that will drop this weekend, Barry Laminek, uh down in Houston. He's a stand-up comedian. He's worked for ESPN Radio TV. He's got his own show. Uh, but, man, it's it's an hour long. And I was sharing some of the stories with you guys. You got to hear a little bit of it. What was your initial thoughts on uh, the interview? That guy had a lot to say. He was pretty smooth, too. You were just happy he talked about Mattress Mac, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Mattress Mac shirtless calvin sampson dana holgerson i didn't even ask him about dana holgerson oh, man no, dana. no i didn't ask him about any houston stuff uh, regarding the cougars oh, shit damn i'm such that's, a that's a missed call i'm right a there. terrible terrible yeah. interview uh, yeah, yeah. Chad, come on. am i suspended without pay now is that how this you're works done. anyway no, uh, you're still working but it's without pay i'm just doing it for the fun of it <laughs> damn it we do it because we enjoy it uh mr brown's out this week he had to do his work thing he mentioned uh but he was uh last time we checked on his way but he's still probably not going to see us tonight so uh we might get to a little baseball and spirit for mr brown we wish him safe travels but biggie I don't even want to talk about our brackets. I don't want to talk about how bad they are. St. Peter's screwed everything up. Tommy, how bad did St. Peter's screw you up? I'm screwed. I haven't even paid attention to it. They were tucky all the way. They screwed me. I'm just done. That was what was happening when we were doing the show last week. We stayed and watched St. Peter's beat Kentucky. So now do you want to tell all the people listening why exactly you chose Kentucky to win the national title? Do we have to go there? Well, they should know. It's a a West Virginia thing. They're not going to understand that. It's it's it, fine. It, yeah, it's it's just a West Virginia thing. So, we, like I said, Oscar we don't care. We don't care about our brackets, too. but let's talk yeah. about what's going on. And just truth be told, in the background, we got Georgia, or I'm sorry, Georgia, Gonzaga, and yeah. Arkansas. Georgia's not even in the damn tournament. Damn. I don't know why I said that. Uh, but uh, Arkansas holding their own at the half, man. So uh, anyway, just looking at the Sweet Sixteen. What are the biggest matchups you're looking at that you're kind of like, man, this is must-see TV? I really like the Houston-Arizona matchup. And then uh, – Houston's probably going to win that, aren't they? Well – Arizona's been awful I shaky. got Arizona going to the Final Four. So I, I got them winning the whole damn thing, but I'm telling you, man, I, I don't feel like they're going to survive. They've, they've not looked like the best team. I think that uh, Duke-Texas Tech – I think it's just a game. huge matchup because yeah. it's Coach K. The the game that I kind of like the most, and I, I'm not sure why I like this game the most, I like the uh, UNC-UCLA game. Tomorrow it just blue bloods. It feels it like blood, March yes. Madness when you get UCLA yeah. and, and UNC. I mean, I think uh, UNC was an eight seed, UCLA is a four, so it's not like it's a matchup of heavyweights, but in all-time college basketball, it's a matchup it does, of heavyweights. It does feel like heavyweights. UCLA was yeah. in the Final Four last year. So I, I like that matchup. North Carolina's an eight seed still is odd to me. Uh, speaking of high seeds, though, uh, Michigan got any shot at Villanova? That that game's underway. I think they do. I think that uh, Jawan Howard getting suspended coming back for the Big Ten tournament revitalized their team a little bit. They're fighting for something, for lack of a better way of saying it. And what they did when they beat Tennessee, because a lot of people had Tennessee going as far as the oh, yeah. they're, they're a good squad. Yeah, there's another one I lost. Yeah, you get a week <laughs> off to prepare. Let's look like at Tommy's bracket chance. and find out who we like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them win and have a little redemption. But Villanova, Jay Wright, whatever it comes to tournament time, they they're have tough, a, man. 
I don't know what they do, but they just right win. There. Yeah. They're, they're a lock for the Sweet 16 every year. Now they're here. The chances of them going to the Elite Eight, I like a lot. But I will say, Juwan Howard was on Jim Rome's show today, and a little bit of the jungle karma might rub off, man. That was actually an interesting interview to listen to because he was just flat out talking about the, the punch and yeah. the suspension and uh, you know, how he's dealing with that stuff and and how they've brought Chris Weber back into the program, which yep. he hasn't been around it for years. So it's it's interesting times at Michigan. He did the tour today because he was on DP also. And I kind of like how when he get asked, a lot of times that they ask guys about what just happened, like the punch, they don't want to answer it. And he just flat out answered it, said, here's where I'm going from there. Hopefully I can help His PR people. team's not stupid. They got him saying the right things and yep. addressing it the right way. Well, and then he coddled that kid from Tennessee that was crying last week, and that oh, was part of the and, way. And, and, right I, and I think yeah. that's sincere. You know, he did yep. that, you know, because he knew the player. Uh, I just talked about that. But you're right. They they said, how do you go from a punch to a hug? Yeah, now like that's how you make people forget about the punch. But I, I'm not going to sit there and dwell on that. But let's talk about the the elephant in the room, though. There is the 15 seed with uh, St. Peter's. Any shot against Purdue? Well, they've come this far. I don't see why they can't win another one. The teams they beat so far better and are as good as Purdue. <laughs> I, I, I want to see – I love the run, man. They're already at the Sweet 16. Let's get a – was it George Mason that made the Final Four there? You With know? Jim Laranega years yeah, ago, yes, and now Jim Laranega is in the Sweet 16. With Miami, right? Miami. You know the best part about Miami making it to the Sweet 16? They beat Auburn to get there. So Calvin Sampson goes shirtless in the locker room after Houston wins, and Charles Barkley before the Auburn-Miami game said – Auburn wins this game, goes to Sweet 16, I'll take my shirt off. In his post-game press conference, they asked Jim Laranega about the victory, and he said, well, I heard that Charles said he was going to take his shirt off, and I thought we'd do everyone a favor and take away something <laughs> right. they, they'd never be able to forget. Yeah, you got to love that, that yeah. the, the awareness of that. Uh, I, real, real quick, because uh, i got to ask you a Rex Chapman question here in a second. But He killed a guy. On the, right, That's because <laughs> that's what we always do. Yeah. But it wasn't us this time. He nope. killed somebody, but I, and I can't remember who it was. Who was? Was it? Uh, was it the, it was a Rock, former coach for Providence, maybe? Gillis, Gillis, Gillespie, Gillespie. Uh, I, I, I can't oh, remember. It's on the tip of my tongue. But he basically talked about him in past tense, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So he killed him. Him and Bob Huggins on the other side of that tape, like that's, that's got, and they were roasting Huggins on Twitter yep. just about how dry, like he, great mind, great knowledge. But he is not – he's not one of those coaches you ever said, he's got a career in the booth when this is done. <laughs> yeah, he's like that guy that you felt like this was punishment. Like, why is he here? Did he lose a bet? Why is he out? He knows it might help with recruiting, so we better go ahead and get my face up face, there. Yeah. yeah, He's a guy you want to have a beer with. He's not one you want to do an interview with. See, I think if they were to talk basketball – having a beer, belling up to the bar, Huggins would be a great, great. guy. In front of the camera, great. it's just yeah. like his – halftime interviews he's like the bill belichick right i was going to say i saw a, a skit on family guy this past week where it was bill belichick singing christmas carols oh okay i'll show that to you here shortly but anyway that's what huggins is like like that's the amount of on the first day of christmas the zone defense gave to me you know just yep. going to be something really terrible yep uh anyway the miami matchup iowa state Won two games last year. Yeah, I how think the, that. How the hell do you win two games, and now you're in the Sweet Sixteen? Amazing turnaround. Good coaching. Got to build the right culture. Have you guys fire people play. when they go two wins? That's got to be the biggest turnaround in the history of NCAA basketball. Two wins to the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> I, I can't yeah, think of another. I couldn't think of anyone. No. Uh, impressive. Big turn, yes. It's just not, and Big Twelve, best basketball conference in the nation this year, showing where. Where and why? Because Iowa State was like the sixth best team in the conference. And here they're in the Sweet 16. Yep, Iowa State. You got Iowa State, Kansas uh, still. One seed Providence still in there, uh, which we didn't even talk about that. But we all think Kansas probably winning that one, right? Yeah, I yeah. like uh, – Kansas has looked real good in the tournament. I like Kansas. They're looking as good as they've looked all year. They're looking just – I like I like to see a Kansas-St. Peter's matchup. <laughs> hey, Peter's. why not? You know who uh, St. Peter's head coach is? I didn't realize this at the time. He was uh, used to be a point guard for Seton Hall. That's yeah. all I know. Shaheen Holloway. The last time a school from Jersey made the Sweet 16, he was the point guard for Seton Hall. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, there you go. Funny <sighs> how things come like that. That is uh, kind of a nice, nice fitting, touching story. You look at it this story. year, you have like 
usually in a sweet 16, you always have all like the ones and twos left or close to it. The threes, you got a matchup between Miami and Iowa state. That's a 10 and 11 UCLA and UNC four and an eight. St. Peter's is a 15. And there's a lot of double digit seats. Parity exists in college basketball. And we say it all the time. When you find those squads that have like four seniors or something like that, that start, you know, they're the ones that sneak up on everybody. Seniors in guard play. Yeah. And that's That's, like, that's that's the most, and that, and then apparently Syracuse's defense, anytime somebody plays zone in the tournament, everybody's like, Oh, how are they going to beat the zone? Like they've never seen a two, three zone. The the thing they teach us in like junior ball. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get what it is with Syracuse's zone. They'll get to the tournament. They were in the playing. Oh, I don't know about that zone. They get into the tournament with that zone defense, and they make a run to the Final Four, and it's like, this is high-level basketball here. How can you not beat a zone? I I get it when you play like a team that might be super physical or press or just be relentless like that because you don't see that all the time. But like I feel like everybody plays a zone at some point or another. Like Let's just just calm down and, and recognize that everybody plays a zone. Uh, what was your favorite game from this past weekend? Ah, uh, the past weekend. So you know, I worked. And I didn't get to watch a lot of them, but the I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the one I watched here with us on Thursday night, Friday morning, watching St. Peter's. Man, that was awesome. And then because yeah. their next game, they won fairly easy, comparatively speaking. Didn't go to overtime and things like that. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. What about you? Pick on me. Uh, for me, it was Michigan State Duke on Sunday. Yeah, well, anytime you put Izzo and Coach K in there. And, all right, so let's and just – It was a classic finish. So let's – real quick, Tommy, you got a favorite game or anything stood out Over the you? past weekend? Sure, or just so far. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, the Duke-Texas Tech game, but I will say Michigan State Duke was probably the best game there. All right, so here's, so my, here's my question on the – Duke situation is today going to be Coach K's last game, or does he carry on? I say that he carries on. What do you think, Thurbo? I think he carries on, but my, this is going to be a tough one for him. Texas Tech can play. I, I feel like and this is where it ends. It's, it's a, well, it's you're a tough with, matchup. Uh, you're with Glazer. He's the biggest Duke fan I know, and he put his money on Texas Tech. He said that uh, he's pretty sure Duke goes down tonight. Yep, and, and, and you know what? Uh, it'll uh, it'll probably be the highest watched game of the tournament outside of the title game. But uh, you know, I think going forward, if if Coach it, K's in the game, that that's just going to keep upping game. itself. Yes. I get that. I think I think is where it ends. Though. I'm with you. I, I think this is where I it think ends. This, uh, the NCAA they got a little Roger Goodell NFL in them. This yeah, is scripted. Yeah, this the is fix fixed. might be it's in. A, we got uh, a David Stern frozen envelope. If it's scripted. He will be playing in the final. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's making it to the final four. The other thing that they keep doing with him, and I can't ever remember seeing this before. Maybe they did it, but every time before each game so far, and they did it tonight too. They show him getting off the bus. Waiting for his wife, walking hand in into hand the arena. With his it's wife, like the yes. old school wrestling entrance where they show him from the locker room. He's out. Coming up from backstage, yeah. Can he get a Goldberg entrance? Can we knock on the locker room door <laughs> and get a security <laughs> escort? And Coach K's got a little trickle of blood coming down where he head by the locker. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Coach K, Coach K. So yeah, if he great. gets to the Final Four, someone cue the music. Oh my God, that's Coach K's music. I think the way I looked at it, unless I'm just misremembering right now Gonzaga and Duke win tonight and that's who plays uh Saturday for a trip to the final that would four. be correct oh that Ooh, right there win or lose could be the game of the tournament match. maybe he could pass the baton to Mark Few as being the best coach in all Possibly. the land awesome yeah, yeah. little storyline there it's funny how good Villanova is and we always like just skip over Jay Wright as two national championships yes. great coach and Underrated. he's been there forever. And when we think about it, we think K is O Bill Self, Mark Few. We don't even mention Jay Wright. Mm. Well, I mean, he gets mentioned, but not. I don't. I think it's because it's Villanova. It's not as big of a um, of a school, I guess. But regardless, March Madness lives on. I got to take a break. Give me a drink of water. Give me a drink of alcohol. Get a beer. Whatever you need Bud to night. do. Y'all take a break just for a second because we got to talk more madness. Because the damn NFL's been madness, and I don't even know where to start there. So I got to collect my thoughts. We'll be right back. All right, I feel like that was a complete lie. I didn't really have to compose myself or get ready for the next segment. I just wanted to watch the end of the game. We just got done watching Gonzaga and the best fan base in the country. 
Razor Big Suey, baby. Big Suey knocks off Gonzaga. That first win Arkansas ever has had over a one seed. Did you know that? Suey. Yeah. That is an impressive win. Eric Musselman's one hell of a coach. And they're uh, on to the next. So uh, maybe a date with Destiny with Duke. Yeah, that would be a very interesting way to end it for Coach K. Yeah, I thought uh, we were with Mark Few and all that and, and, and Coach K I, maybe passing the baton. I was personally rooting for a Gonzaga victory. I wanted Why? Why? We were talking about that. Why were we rooting for Gonzaga? Yeah, you like Arkansas the fans one. have been so good that we don't know sports. They they flock to the – they're still there. Like, they, we love Big Suey Nation. I think that we were rooting for Gonzaga simply because we wanted a Gonzaga-Duke game because it's K's last year. Because if it was three years ago, we'd be all over Arkansas or any team playing a one seed. Big, you had a personal reason why you were wanting Gonzaga. Well, I it was in his bracket. In it. His bracket sucks it's anyway. Well, we got more March Madness coming up this evening, but I want to finish the show. I want to keep moving, and we've got to get some some things addressed here that have happened. Uh, we talked earlier about how last time when we did the show, you know, Devontae Adam news broke. And, and you know, just when – I can't believe nothing's happened today. Is today like the first day that nothing's happened? It feels that way. Like the NFL cycle has been overwhelmingly ridiculous. It, before we even get into it, is this the single biggest tumultuous offseason that we've ever had? It's the biggest one that I can remember. Yeah, I can remember, yes. Like, we're not even at the draft. I think I asked some people. Yeah, where are you? I'm not uh, I, I know, right? Like, it was like, oh, we don't even know where that's going to end up in play yet. And there's still some movement that will happen there. But I asked some people today, like, can you name a, an offseason that was more wild than this? And people were talking about – uh, maybe a couple years ago with um, – uh, what did they say? They, they referenced something. The year that Brady left New England yeah, with yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay. There were some big moves that year. Yeah, but like compared to this? Well, I mean, you've had guys – you've had 40 combined Pro Bowls trade teams here in the last week, it feels like. So let's let's take a deep breath and get up to speed here. So we're, we're going to break down Deshaun Watson specifically, but that's the big one. Went to Cleveland. But outside of him, you had – Tyreek Hill, who was to me the biggest shock because came out our, of nowhere. In our group text, we were like, "Oh, hey, did you hear Tyreek Hill got permission to seek a trade?" And then, like twenty five minutes later, Tyreek Hill to the is Dolphins. that not how it works though? At this point, like once you hear the rumblings, you're like, "Oh, this shit's going down." Yeah, and then it's you over. had something where he shared a tweet a couple weeks ago. We should have paid attention yeah, to the writing was on the wall. He was thanking Chiefs Nation for everything. Yep. So, uh, you know, Miami now, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on them? You're an AFC East guy being a Patriots fan. Do they scare you? I hate that trade because it gives Tua the chance to be a good quarterback now. Not that he couldn't have been, but he, he's, not, doesn't, he's not an overwhelming talent back there. But with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they have the fastest wide receivers in the league, and you don't have to beat guys over the top. How many times do you see Tyreek Hill take a five-yard pass and go to the house with it? Right. Is you know, two, uh, two is a lot like a Baker Mayfield or a uh, even a Fitzpatrick or a guy like that that, you know, he can look really good at times if he's got the right talent around him where he, he can it, – it, it hides your blemishes, you know. And I just want to say Miami – should really be thanking Bill O'Brien. You know how there's just six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Oh, yeah. The it's, NFL's got the six degrees of Bill O'Brien. Dude, you, you weren't on the interview with uh, our boy Barry uh, uh -uh. Lamanac. Man, he specifically broke down how just terrible Bill O'Brien is. And, and I was like, well, maybe you can be the Dolphins now since you got all the draft picks from Cleveland. But yeah, like, Well, <laughs> if you look at it, he rage quit on DeAndre Hopkins, and that's what started all these wide receivers with their big money and their trades. Do you know where the Dolphins picks that went to Kansas City came from? When they traded Laramie Tunzel to the <laughs> Texans. Oh, right, yeah. Like, yeah. That's how they got about that. Uh, Kansas City got five picks out of Tyreek Hill, a first, a second, a fourth, or a fifth this year, and then a couple picks next year. And majority of those picks came from the Larry Tunsil trade. I, it just blows my mind. For me, Kansas City, people are going to kind of hate him. How do you let go of him? As long as you have Mahomes and Reed, you're going to still be – you're not the number one team in the AFC right. now, but you're in the top three. They got compensated. Well, here's yeah. the here's the one question, though. You, you guys, one of you said something about DK Metcalf might be in the works. I mean, let's go ahead and say that on record because, shit, every time that stuff comes out, it happens. Right, yeah. So we're just going to will that 
to, to fruition? Is that going to happen now? Well, where I heard that was uh, I was listening to Colin Cowherd, and he said that per his sources, which they never say who it uh, is, DK it, Metcalf is getting traded. Seattle's in a complete rebuild, and it was down to the Chiefs or the Packers as far as who was going to be the suit. Well, so Montez uh, Valdez-Scantling, uh, he signed with the Chiefs today. Yeah, so the, if you give that bum three years for $30 million, then uh, DK's going somewhere else. This is all the Jaguars' fault, too. You realize that, right? Like, they have jacked up the price of wide receivers well, to is, a point. Yeah. To, like, well, why are you paying? They have to overpay to get people so it widens the market or like, opens makes the market better. like christian kirk getting paid 11 yeah. billion dollars and now you know who? exactly <laughs> who who christian kirk who oh, well the other thing too that uh gets me is that you have all these big moves that are going on and it used to be in the nfl it was more free agency trades weren't quite as prevalent as they have been this offseason it's kind of like baseball yeah yeah it's gotten to the point where they're like, well, how many years of control do you got left? You got a couple years and, and you're rebuilding, so go ahead and get your draft fixed for everybody there people are rather the Dodgers, the Rams, or you're the Pirates. Like you look at and how teams trade in front offices work. Amari Cooper was a first round pick. When the Cowboys traded for him from the Raiders, he had a big year for him. They gave him this huge contract. What they get a fifth, sixth round pick out of Cleveland yeah. for him? It was basically just take a flyer so you can eat the contract. Yeah. Well, all right, so what else happened? Matt Ryan went to the Colts. What did they they give a third round for him? I don't know the exact compensation, but I know Tommy really loves this trade for the Colts. I love that. That's a perfect fit there. So is he going to do better? Will he do better than Phillip Rivers did there? I believe so, yes. And who's the next aging quarterback they'll get after Matt Ryan? (laughs) They're setting a trend there, aren't they? That's a good one. I think that uh, by that point, they're in the, uh, I don't know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, if he's still around. No, he's not that level. (laughs) They'll have to get a – Maybe a Ryan Tannehill or a uh, Ooh, Tannehill's a good yeah, one. Yeah, he could he could be a future Colt. Uh, who else? Would be? Maybe maybe in four years it could be Russ Wilson. You never know. Uh, but the the thing is, the Colts immediately get better because they they have a quarterback. We're not believing Mr. Glass, which he's already you know taking yeah. out huge insurance policies to make sure that FedExville doesn't murder him. Uh, like that, it has done previous quarterbacks. Like, like uh, the track man. record that place has, and now you put him uh, in there. Like that's just the dumbest thing ever for the Washington emails to even make that decision. I will say this about the Colts: I completely agree with Tommy because where I was giving Tommy crap, Ben ba- Ben Roethlisberger just completely fell off a cliff. He went from being a Pro Bowl quarterback to a guy who you didn't want on your roster, but you were paying him so much guaranteed money you had to keep had him around. You were st- you were hoping he retired. Matt Ryan won league MVP the year they lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. He's not at that level now, but he hasn't fallen off greatly. He's still a Pro Bowl-level quarterback going to a team with a great offensive line. According to Tommy, the best running back in the league. He he got into the thing with the Falcons for the past couple years. They couldn't decide if they wanted to rebuild or not. So Matt Ryan was kind of left there because of the contract, and they were not doing anything. So they just kind of – existed out there in the ether and that's that's kind of where teams are at now the Colts you know they had all this money and cap space they could afford the big contract with Matt Ryan hell they might even restructure him but I don't think they will I think they'll wait and just see how two years left at a pretty high guaranteed rate yeah um but speaking of that so you're talking about you know the Falcons with Matt Ryan getting traded away weren't sure what they're going to do they signed Marcus Mariota to a two-year contract Marcus Mariota can get a two-year contract not a single team out there wants to Take a flyer on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, for so one where year. where is Baker going to go? I don't know. I all I've heard is uh, no one's really interested in the Panthers. Well, the Browns to make it public. They're the, not interested, yeah. right? So you're, you're telling me like, and I get it. You feel more confident in Darnold than you do Mayfield. I, but Mayfield's also owed like twenty million, right? Like in that, right around twenty million guaranteed for just just this one right, year, right? Just this one year. So again, it's like the maybe maybe it'll be like baseball, and we get close to the trade deadline, and maybe the Panthers will go get Baker Mayfield. <laughs> we, to me, we need him for DH. To me, you would think that a team like uh, Seattle for one year yep. might take him, right. or Carolina would go for him for one year. I think I think the Panthers make the uh, maybe uh, maybe the Panthers are just trying to lower because the, the leverage is gone. Yep, because you already got Watson, so like you really don't need Mayfield. So you're not you're not like oh well, we we really got to have a second round pick for it. no you don't. 
you know that Houston Matt Ryan really got likes, a third. So they really like the uh, neck there, Davis Mills. Otherwise, you would have had now, Baker Mayfield come assumed, over in that trade. I assumed that would have been in the deal. Yeah. And, and Baker's from Texas. Yes, like I thought that would work. When yeah. I heard that trade. The first thing I thought was I saw how much guaranteed money Watson was getting, and then I realized, oh, Baker Mayfield didn't get traded to the Texans. What the heck? I thought that was going to be a, just a flip-flop there. I thought he was gone also. Uh, so back to the, the Browns, and I'll say we're going to dive into this a little bit more. So the Browns are very similar to the Jaguars as have been completely irrational. They've screwed up the market now. And all these teams that do business the way they do – Teams like the Bengals and the Steelers and the Seahawks, these teams that don't like to give out big contract incentives. They like to do real short deals. They don't like to do a lot of guaranteed money up front. They will do some, but you got all these quarterbacks now that are going to be coming up on the market. You're going to have guys like like a Joe Burrow, like a Herbert, like a Russ is going to be on another deal soon. Uh, between Aaron Rodgers – uh, deal in Green Bay and what Cleveland just did for Deshaun Watson to give him a fully guaranteed $256 million contract, knowing that he may not even play all this year and they restructured his contract. So if he gets suspended, the fines aren't even going to hurt him because he's going to need that for his civil lawsuit. So now I don't need an agent and I don't really know what an agent can do for me in life, but if I do need one, I want Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Absolutely. Agent. Like, yes. Created Absolutely. a market for him to get. He didn't play last year and he got a huge raise. How? Like, what if he turns out and just, if he shits the bed, they're so screwed. Oh, man. And let me tell you, it, it, what it boils down to this it's the Browns being the Browns. They've made a historically bad but, move. But maybe. Like, I, I get that. It might be a historical bad move, but. Deshaun Watson also led the NFL in passing yards two years ago when he played. So, like, what if he is that guy? Two years ago. Right. He didn't play last year. Didn't play at all. Maybe he's healthy now. He has at least a suspension over his head. Well, he did get his butthole waxed. He's doing good. (laughs) Bleached first. Bleached. That's what it was. My bad. (laughs) Ah. Oh, man. Real quick, real quick. Today, uh, there was the second – uh, grand jury uh, oh, yeah. it was in a different county and he wasn't indicted there oh. so as far as and, and so think about that Cleveland knew that that there was still that that possibility out there and they went ahead and did the deal I don't know that the agent and the lawyer said that Cleveland never came to them about a second grand jury uh, but they had you'd have to know you would you, think, you would they, think would they would know would, they, but they then again, you said it's the Browns. Due diligence. Maybe they just thought if the first it one the with nine com- complaints led to nothing, the second one was only separate because it was in a different county. Different county. Mm. But to me, I don't know, like as a, a, a fan, if you take out the off-the-field stuff, you love that your team's taking this big swing at being a competitor. But I've seen a lot of Cleveland fans that are like, I- I'm done with the team. This guy's a predator. Yeah, we don't want him. Yeah, they right. didn't like the I, I mean, I, and – you know, even though he's not guilty in a court of law, like it looks pretty bad. Like it looks like twenty two women all telling a similar story, and they're spread across different areas. So it's not like they're all from one massage parlor. I, I don't think they had a Facebook group or a uh, a, a Reddit <laughs> feed about this. You know, where that's how they they corroborated their stories. I, I don't think that's come up, but yeah, it, it's it, the thing is about sexual crimes like this. It, the it's so hard. To indict. It's so hard to ind- indict because proof is hard to come by. Right. Because uh, a lot of it's just he said, she said. But the thing is, is like, if it's if it's just the pattern like that, though, like, I'm that sorry. Where so there's smoke, bad. there's fire, right? Yeah. Like, look, look about Kobe, man. Kobe's revered now, but how long did it take people to get over that? that? And Colorado some people never did. Yep. And, yeah, and, and that was did. just a one-off thing. But still, yep. like, some of the details that came out and, and things like that, it made people look at him with a different set of lenses. Yep. So it, it And then, too, it's weird to see what he will end up getting as far as a suspension what goes. Are you, what are you predicting as far as that goes? I would say six games. He sat last year, even though he wasn't suspended, it was more of a team decision. Did we ever find out what Big Ben's suspension was? I think his original was a six game, and then it became a two game that he actually served. Yeah, I think that's what it was. 
Would Ray Rice get two games for knocking out a game? <laughs> and a season. Yeah, well, career, it started as two games. It, yeah. it didn't change until public discourse got so bad because yeah. they're like, oh, the NFL, you're idiots. It's like uh, gamble on a game, you're done for a year. Beat a woman, do anything to a woman, two games. Yeah, two games. We'll see. I'm trying well, to see. We have breast Cancer Awareness Month in the NFL. I, I am trying to find what the. We care about women. We sell pink gear. What the suspension was. I do want to know. I'm thinking Biggie was correct. It was six brought back to two. The NFL does weird stuff. Ezekiel Elliott got suspended six games, or it was going to, I think it was going to be six. Maybe it got pled down for stuff that happened when he was at Ohio State. Yes. That's the image they're trying to protect there. Yeah. Yeah. And how they come about, how they do the suspensions makes no sense to me. Oh, that's that's a, a, a communistic thing there. Just, it's just uh, whatever Goodell yeah. decides, which team like it you, is, I'm which owner he's yeah. buddies with. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he you, was suspended. Roethlisberger, back to him. I finally got to the, got the nitty-gritty. It was in 2010. He was suspended without pay for the first six games of the season. Uh, it was subsequently reduced to four games. Okay. Four? Yeah. I don't remember it being that long. Didn't they go on to play in the Super Bowl that season, or was it the next one? Or the, was that coming off of the Super Bowl? That might have been coming, coming off. off the Super Bowl, yeah. wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, I think that was Charlie Batch, wasn't it? Wasn't Charlie Batch still there? Yes, Charlie Batch was there. Man, was it, that, was a, that was a great backup. Charlie. So, so, who is Charlie? Go ahead. Do you guys think that Baker Mayfield is uh, the opening day starter for the Browns this year? No. No, he will not be a Brown opening day. So you think that they quit, can't quit, find a trade partner? We're, we're transitioning trade to baseball too much. Him. Opening day starter. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not. He's not coming off the mound. He will not be there for kickoff. Got baseball in the mind. Yeah, okay, because I heard a kind of a crazy thing saying where he, just Deshaun Watson had restructured his contract. Cleveland had an inside track to they knew he was going to miss. Uh, Baker's not going to play a down, another down for Cleveland. Nope. Okay, I don't his think so either. I think done. that uh, – if they don't find a trade partner, they cut him. That, yeah, they'd release him with the guaranteed money before he plays. Okay, I, I don't see there's any any way. If they cut him, there'll be a market for Mayfield. Right, there'll be a Mayfield. because then yeah. you know he, he can do a one year flyer and maybe he can bet on himself again. Again, he, he's his worst enemy. He should have sat down when he was injured. You know, for all the things that we admire about players with their grit and their, and I, I'm rooting for Baker. I really am, man. But you you screwed up. Because mm-hmm. you played like crap, and even when you're playing like crap, you should have sat down. That's yep. the ego thing. That's the chip on his shoulder. Because if he would have done that, we probably wouldn't be talking about Deshaun Watson right now for, nope. for Cleveland. If he sits down last year with injuries and Case Keenum finishes the year out, they're not moving on from Baker this year nope. on this last year. This is his make it or break it year because the money's guaranteed. But the way it ended, and then he became real chippy with uh, the media in Cleveland. Yep. And, he, he started getting a little fragile, yeah. and then it didn't help that OBJ was balling out in L.A., and everybody was seeing that, and they were like, see, Baker? And yeah, we were guilty of that. We were memeing him to death, too, oh, yeah. like whatever we could do. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, you got to have a tougher tougher sense of what – it's a business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And – Baker took it very personal, and, and I, I can see He's why he did fragile. because he, he goes fragile. He so. he gave his heart and soul to Cleveland. He really did, and he wanted to be the number one pick in Cleveland and revitalize the franchise. Oh yeah, he did, and he yeah, did. He it. did. He's part of that. Like, mm-hmm. but you know, he was also twenty seventh in QBR this year. Yeah. So yeah, he's bounced up and down done. pretty good. He'll be a starter for a really bad team next year in the NFL. All right, so all that being said, we we go back and and revisit all the moves and everything, and I think last week I read them all off. We were just astounded by all of them and trying to see what's making sense, but we we talk about it being compared to to Major League Baseball now, right? So you, you got teams in baseball that are just not competitive, that don't do anything to try to win. What are the teams? Give me, give me four or five teams in the NFL that are your your Pirates, your your Royals, your whoever you want to throw at at, at there. I don't know. Like, who are the teams that, with all this movement going on, they just decided we're not interested in winning right now? Well, Ooh. I would say that uh, 
That's a good question. Uh, I, the Giants I, are one. Uh, the Giants is where I was leaning, and then I was uh, also going to say that the Texans because they have shipped out and brought nothing back in. Yeah. Um, they're at least in a clear rebuild mode. True. You know, so I'll give them that, but let's see what, what it, what it takes to get it rebuilt. I was going to say giants are the only one that really comes to mind. A team in a big market that it's just kind of done nothing. What about about Carolina? They've been in the mix. I mean, they might not have made actual moves, but they've, they've been last year. I mean, I feel like they need to trade CMC right now. Well, last year they thought they had a quarterback to go with them. They traded for Sam Darnold, former first yeah, round Yeah, those first pick, three so. games of the year, they looked all right. Yeah. And then they started realizing they played shitty teams, and they didn't. Other than that, I can't really think of a team that hasn't at least made moves. Because I'm not thinking just this year. I'm thinking the last couple of years. Like, the Cardinals haven't done anything this offseason. But, but they've been very – years right. and, and, and they were a playoff and, team last year. They didn't blow it up. You yep. know what I mean? Seattle blew it up. Yep. Seattle is like Houston, only – They've been a little bit more organized with what they're doing, and they got a ton back in return. Like, New Orleans has done nothing. Where? New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. But they're so New far Orleans. against the camp, the only chance they had to do anything was to re-sign Jameis Winston, and that's the only move they could make. Their uh, cap situation is so Atlanta's bad. Atlanta has really How did, how really did they get such bad cap? They kept paying all those defensive guys, Jeez. man. They were overpaying all their defensive guys. Yeah, Teron Armstead left. Yeah. Yep. See, I think that uh, it's like the AFC and NFC South teams that are kind of in that bunch, like Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Texans. You could say Jags, but they overpaid. The, the Titans did. Money, what did the Titans do? Bad, mon- bad money. Titans didn't do anything this year. But if you look at like the uh, Western Division and the AFC West or the North, the AFC Best, yeah. I think there's just a group of teams here and there, division-wise, that don't spend because they don't feel like they have to to win their division. The AFC West, every team out there realized it's like a loaded AF, uh, AL East back in the day where you could have Yankees and Red Sox both win 100 games. Well, that's the AFC West now. The West like, is strong. What team there finishes last? You know uh, what I mean? Like I mean, right now you probably think it's the Raiders. Maybe. That's what my first thought. I mean, how do you feel about the Chiefs team. now? Yeah. The Chiefs went from being the overall dominant number one team in the AFC. Like they were like, we just don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just hold it together. And then now if you want to crap on the Chiefs, that's fine. But at the same time, all those draft picks they got back, they drafted Mahomes, they drafted Kelsey, they drafted Tyreek Hill. They've found a ton of talent. So they have to be pretty confident in their ability. So we're, we're in this territory now where teams have to figure out their strategy. You rather have to do what the Rams are doing. Well, you got to do what the Chiefs honestly yeah. are doing because they've already paid their quarterback. Yep. So he's locked up. See, there's like so there's only so much money to go around, and and Tyreek Hill, I heard that they offered him a pretty good deal. Yeah, but he wanted Devonte Adams' money, right? And, and again, the market's screwed up right now. And then, hey, that's the Raiders' addition by subtraction. We get Adams, we wanted him anyway, and we hurt our opponent because that guy doesn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, I am curious <laughs> if wow. your teams start doing what you just said with the Rams. The Rams are the only team that's doing this. We don't care about a first round pick. Give us Matthew Stafford. We'll build a little bit through free agency. We'll fill our roster with you know second, third, fourth round picks. They've been doing that. They haven't had a first-round pick in like five years, and look at—they've been to two Super Bowls in that time. Dude, as a as a Bengals fan, you know, needing to uh, what, what what was the Bengals? One thing they needed to do: offensive line, offensive line. And they did it all through free agency. And they addressed it. You know what I mean? So they didn't go because what they did the year before was we know they took Jamar Chase in the first round, and everybody was like. I was one of them. Oh, well, we're taking a receiver, you know, which I'm a dumbass. And, you know, the Bengals, no scout team did better than I did. But anyway, they went out and got all these offensive linemen. And, you know, instead of taking a risk in the draft, now you get to go draft defensive guys and spot start guys and things like that. So you're, you're rather one or the other, right? And you got to figure out what positions you end up going to get. But the Rams are the anomaly. They get everybody through free agency. They haven't had a first-round draft pick in, what, four years? Four or five. I think this will be the fifth this year. This will be the fifth year, I believe. Hey, yes. You look at what they've done with their first-round picks. Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, uh, Odell Beckham. All of their first-round picks became guys that were already proven talent. 
I mean, they are. They are. And who, who's left out there, though? I mean, uh, Gilmore hasn't signed anywhere. Gilmore hasn't signed. I know that's not a huge name as it used to no. be, but man, like get him on a, a better team. Defensive player of the year three years ago. I mean, what, where was he at last year? Carolina. Yeah. And and, and that was Trey. And like, look, Carolina was dog shit. So I, I'm sure you put him on a on a Pittsburgh or a Cincinnati or a L.A. Rams or a Buffalo Bills where he can go play New England twice a year. Yeah. You know, those would be, you know, I think you'd see a different player. So he's up there. OBJ, is he even going to play this year? He'll miss at least the beginning of the season with an ACL. That's two ACLs. This players. ain't a quarterback, you know. This is yeah. a wide receiver. So, like, that's a longer recovery time. I mean, somebody will sign him, but it's either going to be a prove-it deal or a low-money two-year type deal with a team option or a player option because he doesn't probably play before week five or six, right? He's going back to Cleveland. I'd say week 10 maybe. ACL, February, those are six months if you're super – That's six months if you're a quarterback. Yeah, true, true. I mean, I'd say he's 9 to 12. So if he plays by Thanksgiving, he's doing good. I I would think so. That might be a push. All right, uh, Jimmy G, that's my last one. Where is he staying put? I think he stays in San Francisco because the way the market played out, there was this rumor that Brady was going to be starting for uh, San Francisco. That's not going to happen. If you keep Garoppolo, when you look at quarterback contracts right now, where his money sets, why not keep him for one more year? Then you don't have to force Trey Lance into the starting role. Look at what Aaron Rodgers. He sat what three years behind Brett Favre. Yeah, because finally Trey, are you saying start? Trey Lance is going to be like Aaron Rodgers? Biggie just said that Trey Lance is the did. next Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I heard it here. If you let him sit for three years, guaranteed. <laughs> so, so why don't they just go ahead and let Jordan Love play in Green Bay then? Well, that's a bad, bad idea. <laughs> it only works when I want it to work, damn it. The only quarterback who's wanted less in the NFL than Baker Mayfield right now is Jordan Love. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I think Garoppolo does have a, a leg up. Man, Texas Tech is whipping the Ten ass two. off Duke. Man, that defense ain't no joke. Come on, uh, Kay. Come on, all right. Kay. I'm ready to enjoy some more, some more uh, March Madness, but – the March Madness of NFL free agency has been fantastic. When's the NFL draft? We still got a month, don't we? NFL draft is right around the fourth week of April, 24th. April 24th. It's a month away. Yep. What else is going to happen? I believe when it starts. Yep. yep. What else is going to happen between now and then? Well, you got to think that if guys like DK aren't traded before then, draft nights when they get moved. That's like right. the, the trade deadline for big trades, it feels like. Uh, in the off season, if it doesn't happen by draft night where you get picks for this year, yep. it's it's next year. Yeah, ah, man, it's been fun though. Mm-hmm. Would you it, wait on decaf to go? I mean, draft night. Just call him decaf. Yeah, that's decaf. What he, I did. That's decaf. What that's uh, what decaf. Hey, that's what he's gonna be decaf. with uh, Drew Locke throwing yeah. the ball. Decaf. Well, Green Bay has a ton of picks. If they want Metcalf, they can get him. But how can you afford him if you couldn't afford Devontae Adams? Why are you bringing in Metcalf? Well, I think they, they were going to franchise tag Adams. And, and he then, said he wouldn't play on it. Right. Of it. And that, that's what the crux of all that was. Metcalf to the Dolphins. They got some more Bill O'Brien picks Shit. to go all out. Ah, Patriots. <laughs> Oh, well, it's been fun so far. Everybody listening, don't forget to follow us on social media, whether you find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. And Mr. Brown's been hustling, getting us some subscribers over there. And we're starting to get some people interact with some of our videos and things like that. We've had a nice little run of some multimedia out there in the internet. So make sure you follow, you subscribe, turn your notifications on. Make sure you do it for the podcast, too, so you never miss an episode. Because sometimes we like to interact with the fans and we didn't really have a good segment question. We threw one up in the middle of the show. Tommy, what did we ask everybody? Sports worst contract. You know, and, and they didn't disappoint. It's only nope. been up for an hour. We got about 100 comments out there. And the one of the first ones we saw was the wonderful Jamarcus Russell out there, which I said – He's a rookie. It was. It would have been a crappy deal. No, it wasn't. They gave him six years, sixty-one million, with half of it guaranteed. Yep. How many career touchdowns do you think he had? Uh, six. It was eighteen, actually. Oh, okay. Eighteen. Yeah. I know he didn't watch wow. any game film. <laughs> no, he did. <laughs> we know that for sure. Uh, you, Biggie, so, you brought up Albert Hainsworth. 
Seven uh, years, $100 million for a defensive uh, wow. lineman, a defensive tackle. And he went to the, he went to Washington the, emails. Yep. And he was in complete, he was stomping on guys with his cleats. Dude, he, he only, a few elbows, didn't he? He only played 20 games for Washington. You know why I remembered Albert Hainsworth? Is that he was too out of shape to do like these shuttle drills and stuff in camp. And this was when Mike and Mike were still Mike and Mike. And after they got done with the show, Golik hadn't played pro football in how many years? And he went out and I ran remember all that. that episode. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. Yes. Uh, I have this one that sticks out to me for a reason. You just brought up the sub- subscribers, uh, YouTube channel, the videos that are out there. One of the videos that we did a while back was uh, on Chris Davis, and he had like an 0-for-37 yeah. streak to start the season. So Chris Davis is set to make $42 million in deferred payments in a 15-year period from 2023 to 2037 as part of a seven-year $161 million contract he signed with the Baltimore Orioles. If you look at his stats from the time he signed at 2016 on, he's had the highest strikeout rate of any player in the league. Mm. That's uh, thanks to T.C. Cheney. Nice. I keep scrolling through there. See, if we got some other good ones here. I, I see uh, a lot of a lot of uh, internet chatter about Miguel Cabrera getting eight years for two forty eight. But that was coming off of uh, that, that, at the time that wasn't horrible. I wish I had these numbers in front of me. I should have grabbed them. Lou Aldang is still getting paid by the Lakers. No, he hasn't been in the league in like four years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I thought that was only baseball that did that. Nope. Yeah. He's got one of those weird contracts where the NBA was going to do a thing where you could wipe a contract off your books every so often and still pay a guy. Lowell Dang's one of those guys. I did see that somebody said Jacoby Ellsbury for the Yanks. Yeah, he got a big money deal, and he hasn't done a whole lot of it. Seven years, $153 million. And and he hasn't played since when, 2018? At uh, least, yeah. Yeah, 2017, 2018. Yeah. Is he done, though? Like, is he officially retired or what? Yes. Okay. Oh, he's officially retired? Yep. Um, so I'm going to read this one from top to bottom here. It was shared as a cutout from a Google search. <laughs> uh, if you like the Bobby Bonilla contract, check out Bruce Sutter. Bruce Sutter is the closest Bobby Bonilla in terms of a uh, number of deferred payments. He's received since 1984. He signed a six-year contract that paid him $4.8 million. His Braves tenure was highlighted by injuries, blah, blah, blah. Sutter annually receives $1.12 million from the Atlanta Braves and will continue to receive these payments until 2022, which is this year is his last payment. These payments began in 1991. 31 years of $1.12 million a year for a guy who was injured most of the time he played for you. Ugh. Good job, wow. Bruce Sutter. A lot of people said uh, Deshaun Watson's new contract on there, which we already kind of went over that pretty well. Oh, and the Braves also pay Sutter one final check this year for $9.1 million as the final payment. For oh, they're just writing payments. him off now finally. They're yeah. like, no, we're done. After write him a check. Years. Yes. Take him off the books. This is why baseball doesn't have a salary cap. <laughs> How about uh, – Baseball, we're on baseball, West Coast. Josh Hamilton, when he signed with the Angels after his Rangers days, man, he was horrible. Yeah, yeah, he was real bad then. But, you know, Josh Hamilton, man, that's a story for another day. He's got so much up and downs and the reasons why. Like, that's mm, that's yeah. tough. Halsbury got nine years, $153 million. For what? He did get overpaid. God. Way overpaid. Um, what, did he, what did he get, 19 hits as a Yankee? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I think one of the worst NFL contracts ever is. Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. The, yeah. the, the Broncos Texans gave the Texans? Him, the Texans gave him all that money on a three-year contract, having never actually talked to him. Remember, he Just was backing he up from, Peyton Manning the year, the year Manning retired, and Osweiler was starting, and they were winning games. Manning was out. When Manning did come back healthy right before the playoffs, they gave him the job back. He played like dog crap, but they won the Super Bowl. The Broncos and Elway, for whatever reason, didn't want to move forward with Osweiler. He ended up going to the Texans, and they gave him a big money deal, and he was horrible. There ain't no better time in football than Brocktober, though. Brocktober. Man, nobody said pools. The Anaheim? No. Yeah. That was no, a $240 million dollar deal. 
I don't know. I, that that one should be that one should be up there. How about John Wall getting four years for 170 million for the Wiz and just sitting? Gosh, that's that's like that. The Grant Hill contracts like that, right? Remember how much he got in Orlando at the time? And oh yeah, and then they just injured and injured, injured and injured. Injured, yes. Mm. And Duke's come back and tied it there, boys. Yes. I see a bunch of Alex Rodriguez on here. I think that's just because everybody hates a Rod. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's a that's a personal thing. It's not. He's still produced to a certain degree, not oh. what it's worth. But I finally scrolled to the bottom here. Charles Rorex, uh, Albert Pools. Big, he's a big, deal with okay. the Angels. See, Charles, he's a big fan. He supports us. He he always shares stuff in the football group. So I'm glad to see him with the baseball knowledge. So BJ Upton by the Braves. If Mr. Brown was here, he probably would have brought that up. Five years, seventy-five million dollars, and they said he struck out more than he hit. As a Reds fan, I'll tell you, Homer Bailey was a terrible, terrible deal. Terrible, terrible. Could have left that alone. God, like you know where he went after the Reds? Minor league. Did he really? You know you're yes. bad when yes. that's where you end up. I did up. not know. After a hundred million dollar contract, because he had three or two no hitters. But yeah, he he scored on the two. He no had hitters. that one year, like you talk about just cashing in, and then you wonder why the Reds are going fire cell mode now because freaking Homer Bailey just still hanging over their head. Jeez. So, if any of the contracts that were just signed, do they stick out as ones we'll revisit later? Like Aaron Rodgers, I love him as far as his talent. Deshaun Watson will because I, I, I feel Watson. like. 38 and he got 150 million. Deshaun Watson. There's got no way he performs at the high level again, right? Like, I just, there's so much. For that amount of money, aren't you buying a Super Bowl from Deshaun Watson, right? Like, yes. Think, I yes, expect yes. a Super Bowl. I don't know if he's even going to make a Pro Bowl. Like, he could. Mm. He could be an MVP. All if I know. So, as I'm searching through here, the one of these that sticks out to me the most, and I didn't know this, uh, Chuck Mosley said, Brian Taylor, New York Yankees, 1991, signed a $5 million contract, never played an inning in the majors. Never Damn. heard the name. Oh, Why can't we get a contract yeah, I've like never that? heard. John yeah, Wall, Russell Westbrook, Allen Houston. I remember that contract Ooh, yeah, the from Knicks back one. in the day. Yeah. Josh Smith, Lou Aldang, Ben Simmons. God, Ben Simmons got so much money. Mm. <laughs> all right well guys make sure you head over to the facebook page where that's taking place uh we don't know sports uh, we got it right there at the top it's running the gambit of all the terrible contracts out there so if you got one make sure you tell us about it but outside of that we're going to go back and enjoy uh, we usually talk about what we're going to do this weekend you know what we've had the the door open to the man cave all night it's it's nice brisk but cool and, and it's not winter anymore. There's pollen out there. My kids are sick with allergies. I feel like the sun's shining. It's a brand new day. Baseball is getting ready to start. And the madness is going to carry us through the weekend. And you want to call it right now as Coach K? Do you still feel like he's going to lose well, tonight? No, or he's playing Saturday. They're, we're, we're all right. Watch They're tied at 20 right now, but I still think Texas Tech's going to be too much for him. We'll it's going to be uh, Coach K versus uh, the greatest fan base in college sports on Saturday. Sweet. We love our Arkansas Razorbacks out there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Thanks for giving us an opportunity to invade your ears, even if it was just for an hour this week. Make sure you check out the special episode coming out tomorrow with our interview with Barry Laminac down at Houston. Guys, hilarious. So make sure you enjoy every second of that as well. Subscribe, get your notifications so you won't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend and... Bye-bye.